So today, I have an independent message. We just got out of a series called Armor of God. It was so powerful, so powerful. I got an independent message, and this message is called Faith Over Fear. Everyone say faith, faith. over fear. Now, the reason why I say faith over fear is in order to have faith, usually it's going to be connected to fear. I didn't say faith instead of fear. I said faith over fear because you got to understand something about fear. Fear is real. Fear exists. And fear was created by God. I know you feel like fear was created by the devil. I know you feel like fear was created by the enemy. But fear was created by God. And fear is not a bad thing. Fear was actually created to be a good thing. But any good thing used in the wrong context can becomes a bad thing. Fear was good. I know y'all like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never heard that. Fear was a good thing. And in order to have faith, your faith is, ha- your faith is going to have to be on top of your fear. You're never going to just feel faith. You're never going to be called to do something by God. You're excited about it. You're ready. I feel faith. Let's go. No, you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel afraid. But in despite of fear, you still walk in faith. In the presence of fear, you still pull faith. In the presence of fear, you move by faith and walk by faith and live by faith and believe by faith and pray by faith. And God will bring to manifestation what you've been praying about. So fear, fear. One of the ways God uses fear is God uses fear to protect. God uses fear to protect. In other words, God has has tied your adrenaline to fear. I have seen on videos where a mother's baby was under a car and the car fell. And the mother got afraid for her baby's life and she ran and she lifted the car so the baby can come under the car. Fear is powerful and it taps your adrenaline and it taps emotions that God wants you to have. The only problem with fear is you have to put fear in its rightful place. Fear is to be submitted to faith. Fear is to be submitted to faith. Fear is bad when it triumphs faith. But fear is good when faith triumphs it. Okay, let me break it down a little bit to you. Let me break it down. God has called you to do something. And instantly, you're afraid. You're afraid of what people are going to think. You're afraid of what people are going to say. You're afraid you don't have the money. You're afraid you don't have the connections. You're afraid you don't have the ideas. At that point, fear isn't bad. Fear is only bad at the next point because God is saying, though you feel fear, walk by faith. Though you feel fear, walk by faith. And you got to understand something about faith. Faith is not the opposite of fear because faith and fear is two different things. Fear is an emotion, but faith is a substance from heaven. Fear is an emotion, but faith is a substance from heaven. So faith is not the opposite of fear because faith isn't an emotion. Faith is a hope in God. Let me say it again. Faith is a hope in God. Let me say it again. Faith is hope in God. And if you have a hope in God, despite how you feel, despite what you see, despite what you heard, you can still walk by faith. Come on, somebody. Give our king a shout of praise. And God doesn't ask you to stand by faith. God doesn't ask you to wait by faith. God asks you to move by faith because faith requires movement. Faith requires movement. You you can't sit and just think faith. You can't conjure faith. You can't feel faith. Faith is tied to movement. In other words, some of you guys come to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for me because I don't feel like I have faith. 
I always say great because you will never feel like you have faith because faith isn't a feeling, it's a substance. And it's the substance of things hoped for. Substance, 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 substance. What does that mean? Hebrews 11 says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The reason why faith is a substance is in order to create something, it has to be a substance. Let me break it down. There's this thing called the law of attraction. It's a good thing, but it's missing something because the law of attraction has no substance. You have no substance in yourself. Faith has substance. Substance is the ingredients to what you're praying for. Let me break it down. If I was at the house and I said, I want to eat a cake, I love some cake, I want some strawberry cake, I can wish, I can pray, I can declare, but if I don't have no flour, if I don't have no cake mix, if I don't have no milk, if I don't have a pan, I can't have no cake. But the substance, those ingredients, is proof that if it's worked the right way, it can produce a cake. And I want to tell you something, what God spoke to you, what God said to you, what God declared is your substance and it is the thing that you mix together to bring to pass what God said you would be what God said you would have and where God said you would go I'm telling you right now faith is your substance and not only is it your substance it is your evidence because it's hard to move when you're unsure but God says don't find your assurance in things that seen find your assurance in things that's not seen because things that are seen came from things that's not seen. God is saying, what I say is more real than what you see. What I say is more real than what you see. So the opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. Because your sight is the enemy to your faith. Your sight is the enemy to your faith. Your eyes tell you that you can't have it, though God said you can. Your eyes tell you you can't be it, though God said you can. Your eyes tell you you can't do it, though God said you can. And your eyes is an enemy because they are coming to be evidence for the devil, but the word of God is evidence for God. Now, 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 you got to understand something about faith and fear. Because if you walk with a spirit of fear, you have a confidence and a hope that Satan will move. If you walk with faith, you have a hope and the evidence that God will move. Whenever you see someone that's real fearful, they're always expecting something bad to happen. Ah, this is going to happen. Ah, 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 ah. And they're afraid that bad things are going to happen. Fear is expecting Satan to move. But faith is expecting God to move. Y'all look like y'all don't believe what I'm saying, so let's go to the Word of God. If you got your Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 11. You guys enjoying this so far? I'm not going to preach long, but I will preach strong. But y'all, I'm a holler back preacher. That's real simple. That means you got to holler back. Come on, pastor. Preach it. Let's get it. I preach better and shorter. If not, I preach longer and worse. You ain't going to get to that row house line, so get, pull it together. I ain't trying to have no faith in the morning. You better try to get some faith when you can get it, because it might not come at night. Okay, let me quit being petty up here. Back to the sermon. Come on back, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony 
In other words, they got a good grade. They got a good grade. In life, how does God grade you? You thought you was graded by your behavior. You're actually graded by your faith. It didn't say the elders got a good grade because they were obedient, they were sinless, they did everything right. They obtained a good report by faith. If you want to please God, you please God with faith. If you want an A from heaven, you get an A on your report card by having faith. And some of you guys feel like you couldn't have faith because you don't feel nothing. But faith isn't about feeling something. Faith is about doing something. Which means you can feel faithless and be very faithful if you move in what God said. You can feel very faithful and be very faithless if you don't move in what God said. That was for free. Verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So God is now, he's coming to you. And God is, he's establishing rapport with you. He's, he's, he's trying to convince you of something. He's saying, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In other words, God is saying, you trust in this world, but this world was framed by my word. In other words, my word transforms, transcends this world. My word was here before the world was here. The world is the byproduct of my word. My word isn't the byproduct of the world. I don't care what the world say. I don't care what the world do. I don't care how the world moves. I care how God moves. Because God was here before the world, and he will be here after the world. He's alpha and omega. He's beginning and the end. He was here before the world began it, and he'll be here after it ends. That's why I know I feel like preaching. I can't even read the Bible without preaching. My God. Um... It says, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So God said, everything you see, everything you see was made of things that's not visible, invisible things. Your car, your house, your spouse, your kids. Everything that's seen came from what's not seen. You know what? I'm going to park right there. I'm going to park. We'll get back to that scripture. Everything that's seen came from what's not seen. Friends, you got to get this in your spirit. You got to catch this revelation. Everything that's seen came from what's not seen. Let me say it again. Everything that's seen came from what's not seen. And I think the reason why you're not seeing things happening in your life is because you haven't caught that revelation. You are looking for God's hand on your life by what you can see. But the evidence of God, God's hand on your life is placed in what you can't see. In other words, let me break it down this way. Before you're healed physically, you will first be healed spiritually. Before you're blessed physically, you will first be blessed spiritually. Before you're redeemed physically, you will first be redeemed spiritually. That's why God gives you a new spirit, but it takes time for you to renew your mind. Because the body will follow the spirit. And what you got to understand is something happens in the spirit before it ever happens in the body. Let me break it down. I sold something online. It was a very expensive thing I sold on eBay. And when I sold on eBay, eBay had this thing where it showed me what somebody bought. I got really excited. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some Jesus in it. Where my $2,000 for this piece of equipment I sold? I was excited because eBay told me in the digital that I had $2,000. The 
The only problem is I went to the transactional bank account and it wasn't there. I had to rebuke Satan. I, I, I don't got time for this negativity. I don't got time for this drama. It's 2021. Lord, you are not finna frustrate me with my bank account. Anybody been there? But the problem was I had an assurance. I had a hope. I had an evidence that I had $2,000, but it wasn't in my bank. And the reason why it wasn't in my bank is it had to be transferred from eBay to PayPal, then to my bank account. And what happened was, though the transaction had happened, though I was rich on eBay, though I made the sale, my bank account didn't reflect the sale that I was promised. I want to tell you something. Maybe God did it in the spirit. Maybe you've been healed in the spirit. Maybe you've been redeemed in the spirit, and you feel like your life don't reflect it. I'm telling you, hold on to the promise. Hold on to the faith. Hold on to the assurance, because what does not look like is coming. It's coming. Praise God. It's coming. And though he tarries, wait on him. Though he tarries, wait on him. The promise is coming. The manifestation is coming. The blessing is coming. And what God did was he made it take time. And the reason why he made it take time is he didn't want it to make sense. Because if it makes sense, it doesn't make faith. So, I'm going to go down to verse 7. Verse 7 says, By faith, uh, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not seen. Look, look, when you, when you live by faith, God takes you to the rim of things not seen. God takes you to what's not seen in your family, what's not seen in your city, what's not seen at your job, what's not seen in your business. You know you're getting close to God because you hang out with God in the rim of things not seen. That's the faith place. If God is only showing you things that's not seen, that means you need to strengthen the muscles of your faith. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Okay, let me break this down. Noah, Noah, Noah. Noah, he was divinely warned of what would come, that there would be destruction, that there would be rain. And he was trying to tell them, folks, it was going to rain. They wasn't taking him serious. And they should have took a note from a woman with some makeup. Because if you tell a woman with some makeup on and her hair done, that's natural, it's going to rain. She starts running. She starts moving. She starts shifting. She starts changing things. My wife be confident. She be like, baby, where you want to go? I'm like, it's raining. She be like. Want to make her run? Tell her it's raining. In the house. Ah! Get her little head, her head cover. And because they never seen rain, the reason why it took faith to believe what Noah was saying is because they never saw rain. And Noah began to build this ark. And as he built this ark, they mocked him. They laughed at him. They ridiculed him. They persecuted him. And I want to tell you something. Noah built the ark. Noah built the ark. Let me tell you what faith is. God will not bless what you will not build. God will not bless what you will not build. God will not bless what you will not build. Just because God is in the realm of the unseen, he gave Noah warning, but he didn't give him construction. Because the construction comes from you. If you won't, God won't. Because God is not waiting on you to, you're not waiting on God to move, God is waiting on you to move. 
And I want you to know something. Without God, we can't, but without us, God won't. So God gave Noah a word, and Noah had to take that word. And what he had to do, I don't know how Noah felt. I don't know what Noah's emotions looked like, but his faith was in the ark. When God spoke, Noah built. My question for you is when God speaks, do you build? Do you build? And a lot of the things you build will make you look stupid. People will laugh at you. When I was trying to build a church, people laughed at us. They thought we were stupid. We were having church at the park. We had two extension cords. The power was going out. We was preaching with no microphone. We were singing with no microphone. We had a cajon. But guess what? God told us to build. And if God tells you to build, by all means, you build. You build. I don't care if they see it. I don't care if they like it. I don't care if they support it. I don't care if they come. I don't care if they go. I have to keep moving because God told me to move. I got to keep building because God told me to build. I got to step out in the destiny because God told me to step out. I refuse to stay in ordinary when God created me to be extraordinary. I refuse to stay in average when God created me to be exceptional. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to step into the faith zone. I'm going to walk into every Everything God has for me. I'm telling you, every generational curse ends right here. Every bondage from my family ends right here. Struggling, being broken, hurting ends right here. Struggling with our faith ends right here. I'm telling you, this thing may have ran in my family, but praise God, it stopped when it ran into me. I'm going to build by faith. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to pray by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. Come on, somebody. Give God a 10-second praise break. 10, 9, 8. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. I am living by faith, and you can laugh at me, you can mock me, because I'd rather be rejected by man and accepted by God than to be accepted by man and rejected by God. I gotta build, I gotta build, and they laughed at Noah, they laughed until it started raining. They laughed until it started raining. And when it started raining, I bet Noah was like, I got your laugh. I got your laugh. And they will laugh at you until God start blessing. They'll laugh. They'll laugh. So you have to begin to build by faith. You got to build by faith because God will give you instruction, but he will not give you construction. God will tell you what's to come, but you have to build and prepare for what's coming. But here's what caused Noah to build. It said, Noah moved with godly fear. With godly fear. With godly fear. What is that? What is that? Godly fear is a fear that transcends earthly fear. Godly fear is a fear that transcends earthly fear. In other words, the Bible says the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of God. It's the beginning. God says you're a fool until you fear him. You're not even wise. You're not even smart. You're not even intelligent because the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom starts with the fear of God. And he moved with a godly fear because he feared God more than he feared man. He feared God more than he feared man. 
I, sometimes I struggle because sometimes I feel like God will tell me, like, uh, post this video. I want you to post it. It's going to minister to somebody. Post this video. Post it, post it, post it. And I'm like, God, I don't want to post the video because I don't want people to think I'm trying to promote myself. I don't want people to think I'm a big deal. I don't want people to think. I don't want people to think. I don't want people to think. And the Holy Spirit always says, but what do I think? What do I think? Because you will not walk in destiny until you're delivered from people. You have to be delivered from people. Everything in my life changed when I got delivered from people. I cared about what people would think, what people would say, what people would think about me. And I stopped caring about what people think. And I start caring about what God thinks. Because what you don't know is you're not as important as you think. You're not as important as you think. Have a wedding. See who show up. Have an event. See who comes. Start something. See who supports. You're not as important as you think. And you're letting people's opinion of you stop you from moving. You're worried about people that don't even like you. You're letting people stop your destiny. You're letting them stop your purpose and your progression, and they don't even care about you. No, you got to care about what God thinks. You got to care about what the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Righteous One, the Holy One, Alpha and Omega thinks. Because at the end, you will be with him. Only his opinion matters. Only his thoughts about you matter. You have to move by faith. This year, I'm not going to move by fear. I'm going to move by faith. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. Because God is with me. And if God be with me, and if God be for me, who can be against me? That's the spirit you got to have. And I ain't preaching none of my sermon. So let me start doing that. <laughs> Man. So, so, faith over fear. Faith over fear. God has given you fear, but the fear was an emotion, just like all the other ones. Joy, happiness, um, fear, uh, sad, all these anger, all these different emotions. Fear was an emotion, but fear is not a substance. God has given you fear. Let me show you what God hasn't given you, though. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. See, God's giving you fear, but he hasn't given you the spirit of fear. You have the emotion of fear, but you don't have the spirit of fear. Because here's, here's the difference between the emotion and the spirit. The emotion is what you feel. The spirit is what you do. The emotion is what you feel. The spirit is what you do. The emotion is what you feel. The spirit is what you do. Let me break it down a little further. The emotion of fear means I, I'm scared. I'm scared. That's the emotion. The spirit of fear means because I'm scared, I don't move. That's the spirit. The emotion should never stop you from moving because you should have a higher fear, which is a godly fear, and that fear should be of God. And if you have a stronger fear for God than you have for this world, when God tells you to move, you would fear him more than you fear the consequences of moving. So in order to have faith, 
Faith has a power twin called fear. And if you're ever going to walk in faith, I hate to tell you this, you're probably going to be walking with fear. If you walk in faith, fear is going to come. Everybody in the Bible that's ever done something. You had Moses, and Moses was with the people. God will deliver us. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. Then he go to God. God, you going you to let us die out here, God? And God said, stretch out your rod. He was like, okay. He moved with faith, but he felt fear. When Daniel was in the lion's den, I don't Man, Mufasa, Simba, Scar, Rafiki was in there. Follow Rafiki. He knows the way. All these people in there, you think he wasn't scared? No. He was scared, but he moved in faith anyway. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the fiery furnace, you think they wasn't scared of the hot furnace that was turned up seven times hotter? No, they was only more scared to denounce the one and true living God. Nebuchadnezzar, I won't bow to this golden image. I only bow to God. I'm not going to fall to your worship. I'm going to stand for God's worship. I'm not bowing to the things of this world. I'm going to stand, and I'm going to stand tall. You can put me in a furnace. You can turn it up seven times hotter. But there's something you don't know, devil, that when you put three in, four come out. Because there's another one in the fire. God is with me in the fire. And the good thing about my God, he's not the kind of God that just delivers you from. He's the kind of God that delivers you in because you don't know you need God until you're in a situation you can't get yourself out of. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew they needed God because they was in a furnace. Daniel knew he needed God because he was in a den. Jonah knew he needed God because he was in the belly. Jesus knew he needed God because he was in the earth. I'm telling you right now, Lazarus knew he needed God because he was in the tomb. Only when you're in a storm. Only when you're in the tomb, only when you press down, that you know only God can press you up. Oh, come on, somebody. Give a king a shout. Oh, Only when you're locked down that you know God can let you out. That's why Paul and Silas knew. Paul and Silas said, we are in the prison. We are locked in here. They never tried to break out the prison. They worshiped the one who could break them out. And the powerful thing about your worship, you got to worship by faith. 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 Because when they worshiped, not only was their prisons unlocked, the whole cell was unlocked. Everybody's prison was unlocked. You can worship for your kid. You can worship for your spouse. You can worship for your church. You can worship for your family. Because when they worship, all the prison doors was unlocked. But you have to do it by faith. And it don't make faith if it makes sense. It don't make faith if it makes sense. Jehoshaphat's getting ready to go into battle. And as he's getting ready to go into battle, he says, send the worshipers first. You want me to go against these people with, with swords and arrows, with a microphone and a boombox? Yes, sir. Because when you step out first, you give God permission to come down and fight on your behalf. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I don't fight my battles with flesh. I fight my battles with faith. And the worshiper stepped out, and God sent a sabotage spirit, and the armies began to fight against themselves. See, you got to learn how to worship God by faith, because when you can worship God by faith, God is not just fighting for you. God is sending a sabotage on your enemy. The things that's fighting against you, praise God, he's fighting against it. 
And everybody loves the testimony that God brought me out. I'd rather have the testimony that God never let me go in. But how does God end the battle before it starts? It's because you praise God before it starts. If you praise God in advance, he'll fight in advance. If you praise God in the midnight hour, he'll fight in the midnight hour. Send that praise out. Send that faith out. In other words, faith isn't what I feel. Faith is what I live. It's a lifestyle. I'm going to walk by faith, walk by faith, live by faith, walk by faith, live by faith, walk by faith. But in order to live and walk by faith, you have to learn how to silence fear. Because fear is loud. Fear is taunting. Fear is evil. Fear is demonic. Let's hear fear. Never get me out of your head. Don't bother trying that. You'll fail. <laughs> You're all alone in this. God doesn't want to hear from you anymore. Not after you've ignored him for so long. The world is too wicked for you to find peace. <laughs> That's the soundtrack of fear. It calms, it taunts, and it tells you what you're most afraid of is going to happen, and it's evil, and it's wicked, and it plays in your head. And you have to learn how to turn it down. And you got to turn down fear and turn up faith. I am a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. God is with me. God is for me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because my king comforts me. You got to turn up the soundtrack of faith i want you to i want to tell you some faith over fear faith over fear you got to turn it up i am who god said i am i can do what god said i can do i'll be who god called me to be i'll go where god sends me i'm telling you god you can send me you can trust me i'm gonna turn up fear turn down fear my bad don't turn up fear i'm gonna turn down fear and turn up faith i'm gonna turn it up and one of the biggest things the enemy uses to bring Fear is the giant, is the giant, is the giant. And the reason why he brings the giant is because the giant is designed to discourage your eyes. The giant is designed to discourage your eyes. Because when you look, you see the giant is bigger than you. He's stronger than you, he's older than you, he's more experienced than you. And it cripples you, and fear takes over. But then, we see David, and David defeats the giant. And sometimes in our life, we defeat the giant. Maybe the giant is porn, or anxiety, or fear, or being like our parents, or financial struggles. And like David, sometimes we defeat the giant. The only problem is dead giants still talk. Dead giants still talk. And though your giant is dead, it doesn't cease from being deadly. 
let me break it down a little bit. If you would encounter a rattlesnake, and if that rattlesnake was dead, if you would step on his tail, though he's been dead for weeks, he would turn around and bite you and release venom. And the reason why he would bite you is because all of his instincts are still in him. His nerves are still alive. His instincts are still alive. And his body had been, every time he's touched, he snaps back. And though he's dead, when you step on him, by instinct, by those nerves that's still inside of him, he still snaps. If you kill a snake, they can still move. And though he's dead, he's still deadly. Because you can step on a dead rattlesnake, he turn around and bite you with his nerves, release venom in you, venom in you and you can still die. You can die from a dead snake. And your giant's the same way. Though it's dead, it's deadly. Though porn is dead in your life, it's deadly. Don't get too close. Don't step on it because it can still inject venom. Though fear is dead, it's still deadly. It can still in inject venom. And the reason, how I know, the reason how I know your giant is dead is because Jesus killed it. Your giant is dead because Jesus killed it. Here's your giant. Your giant was sin, and sin was taunting us. And Jesus went on the cross, and he died and bled for your sins. Though your sin is dead, your sin is still deadly. Don't get too close because it still bites and releases venom. That's why you can be delivered for some, from something years, and you get close to it. It, it bites you. It releases venom. The giant is dead. But it is still deadly. And the giant of fear is dead. And let me prove to you the giant of fear is dead. Because the Bible says, oh fear, where is, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Death is the ultimate sting. Death is the ultimate fear. There's nothing you fear more in this world than dying. And Jesus took the sting of death to show you if you don't have to fear the thing that most fear most, you don't have to fear anything. If you don't have to fear the thing most, that most fear, you don't have to fear anything. Death has lost its sting. But the problem is, though it's lost its sting, it still has its noise. So Satan can't defeat you with a sting no more. He defeats you with noise. I have to share this story, but this story changed me. It was this guy. I remember in elementary school, I ain't never really been scared of nobody, but I was scared of this dude because he was in second grade. He was 40 with a beard, and he was 6 foot 10. That boy was a giant. He was bigger than Goliath. And the problem is, I just had to be born tall. And it was just like him, he was 60 feet tall. I was 5 feet tall. All the other kids was 2 feet tall. And, and, and now... You know, the kids, they rallying me. Man, you, you got to get Roy, man. You, you got to get him. Roy probably watching this Facebook Live. He know what happened, too. You got to get him. You got to get him. You got to get him. And I'm like, man, why I got to be the big? Why I got to get him? You get Roy. You're bigger than us. I'm going to fight Roy. I'm going to live. One day I'm going to meet a wife and get a kid on the way. Y'all trying to kill me. God. So now... Roy's mad because Roy told the whole school no one could play basketball. And Roy's at the court with 10 basketballs. Everyone's standing on the sideline, and they're like, you got to go get Roy. You gotta. I'm like, you need to go get Roy. 
So then I'm like, I ain't getting real. I'm going to go over here with the girls and play tetherball, forget basketball. It's overrated. I ain't no LeBron James. I ain't Steph Curry. I ain't James Harden, Kyrie, KD, nobody. I'm KJ, and I'm not going to go play no ball. I'm going to play tetherball. I was tearing that thing up. I was beating all the girls. Double Dutch, you know what I'm saying? Playing no basketball. Well, they went and told Roy that I was going to beat him up. And Roy was mad. He's like, I'm going to see you after school. I'm going to see you at the school. I'm going to see you at the school. So <laughs> if you ever seen a movie called The Wood, it was like this. So I'm like going the back way. I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm out of here. And then Roy comes walking by. I'm like, oh, God. I remember knots in my stomach. Heart started beating fast. He had a basketball. He threw it at my head. All my friends could attest to this. He threw it. I was so afraid and so angry. Ten seconds later, I flashed up. And I'm on top of him, just punching him in the face. I'm like, oh, God, what is going on right now? I'm, I'm beating up Roy. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm beating. And I'm like afraid, but I'm like, I'm going to just keep hitting him because if he get up, this may not end well for me. I was punching him for like five minutes. I ain't getting up because I don't know what's going on. I don't know how he got down. But whatever happened, thank you, God, for putting me in this position. I'm going to hold this position. I ain't letting up. I'm going to stay right here. I would have still been punching him today. Now, the crazy thing about it was I conquered what I feared most. What I was so afraid of, I conquered. I conquered because what I found out was Roy was just a bunch of noise. He was a bunch of noise. He was big and he was loud, but apparently he couldn't fight. He was a bunch of noise. I don't know how I got on top of Roy because I meant to run. I don't know how he hit me in the head. I'm a little crazy, so things popped off. <laughs> Pray with me, don't play with me. <laughs> Holy hood, I'm just playing, y'all. <laughs> what kind of church is this? What are they preaching in there? There should be no hood. Jesus is above everything, amen? <laughs> he is, praise God. <laughs> This is despicable. So, <laughs> so, so, when this happened, when this happened, when this happened, literally, I went, I went, and I didn't consciously do it, but I went and I didn't face my fear. I faithed my fear. And when I faithed my fear, I overcame my fear. I'm going to tell you in 2021, don't just face your fears. Faith your fears. Faith them. Put a faith on it. Come on, put some faith on it. Put some faith on it. Do it. Move. What if I fail? You're already a failure. All you can go is up from here. What if I lose everything? You only got $100 in the bank. <laughs> you can make it again. Step out. What if the ministry don't work? What if the ministry do work? What if people don't come? What if people do come? What if God don't move? God always move. I'm telling you right now, my God is a king. He is a provider. There is no name above the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, man can come up. God always moves. Trust him. Even when you can't trace him, God is always good. And you got to move in what God is saying. Even when you can't feel it, even when you can't see it, God is good. And he's always been good, and he will always be good. You have to move by 
Faith. Because faith is the substance. It's all you need. It's your ingredients. That's all you need. You don't need nothing else. All you need is a word from God. All you need is a word. Because you got to understand something about God. God wasn't in the wind. God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in the quake. He was in a small, still voice. <laughs> Pastor KJ, how do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Pastor KJ, how do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Pastor KJ, how do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Pastor KJ, how do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. If you want to increase your faith, close your eyes and open your ears. And if you would do that, you would see our king move. You would see God move. You would see your family delivered. You would see yourself whole. You wasn't created to be defective. You was created to be whole. You was created to be happy. You was created to have joy. You was created to be blessed. You wasn't created to be burdened. Trust God. And when I say blessed, blessed is not just an external state. It's not just you having more money. Blessed is a spiritual state. I'm one with God and God is one with me, friends. That's blessed. And the thing about being truly blessed is this. You realize when you're blessed by God that everything you consider blessing don't really matter much. I always thought if I got more money, I'll be blessed. Then I figured out if I got more God, I'll be blessed. And if you get more God, and if you get more faith, God will give you more money because faith is the currency to heaven. But you got to ask yourself, why do you want money? Why? Why? Money is for vision. Provision is for vision. If you have no vision, you have no need of provision. In other words, God's not going to give you something to be wasted. When you get a vision from God and walk by faith, he'll give you everything you need to fulfill that vision. Every dollar, every person, every connection, every resource you've ever Imagine.